Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sanda Amadou here tonight with... Akusia Ochre. And coming up over the next 90 minutes. Students are furious and then we all want our portal to be... Um, our results to be published on our portal. Since level 100, we've not seen our results and then most of our results are published on the notice board. Students of University of Education, Winneba, embark on yet another demonstration on campus to protest challenges with the access in the portal. will be live in the school this evening. Also, coming up, relief items yet to reach residents of Wejagbawe 24 hours after NADMO's scheduled time for the distribution of the materials for supporting persons who were displaced. We'll be hearing from local authorities there, plus residents and officials of the National Disaster management organization and later on eyewitness news at least six persons feared dead after a gory accident at aprede in the eastern region stay with 97.3 ctf for more on this and many other stories on eyewitness news and in business ghana revenue authority shuts down six companies in accra and tema over tax evasion that's ni ayuko okain of the city newsroom who returns in 15 minutes with the latest in the world of business eyewitness news is live across ghana on a number of affiliate stations including Sela radio 97.1 and holy fm 98.5 Sela radio is in dabala and uh, holy fm is in aflao both in the water region in the ashanti region we are on focus 94.3 on the campus of the KNUST in Kumasi and Orange 107.9 FM also in Kumasi. In the western region, we are live on Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi and Sky 93. Sky Power 93.5 FM also in Takradi. In the northeast region, we are live on Nobia FM 98.1 in Nalirugu. Northern region, we are on North Star Radio 92.1 FM in Tamale. In the upper east region, on Rikers 92.1 FM in Bongo Namo. And in the upper west region, we are on Tumpani Radio 88.5 FM in Nadoli. Eyewitness News is interactive. Do join us on our WhatsApp and Telegram number 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. Now, students of the University of Education, Winneba, have been on a standoff of a sort with officials of the school. A few weeks back, they embarked on a demonstration, which demonstration uh, involved the uh, burning of car tires and so on. Police have had to move in. Let me just give you a flavor of what happened at the time. So this happened um, on 23rd September on the campus of the KNUST. Students were protesting. They wanted their portal to be open so they could have access to their results, which they said they have not seen since they entered the school in level 100. They are in level 400, preparing to finish school now. 
They subsequently demanded that the officials deal with the issue. School authorities came in and said they were going to provide them with all the necessary information. But today, we have been hearing of reports that there was a demonstration. On the City Prime News, we spoke to one of the students. We still have another student who we're going to speak to tonight on condition of anonymity. Hello, you're welcome to CTFM, sir. Thank you, thank you, CTFM. When we spoke to you in the afternoon, um, and I'm, I'm saying that you're on the campus of the University of Education, Winneba, inadvertently said something else. Uh, you are on the South Campus, aren't you? We spoke to one of your colleagues in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. She said to us that you people were demonstrating. Is that demonstration over yet? Okay, that that, that was demonstration, but this is a protest. It's a protest? Yeah. Is it still happening or it's over? Right now, it's over. But we are planning on main demonstration on Monday. What was the nature of your protest this afternoon? Uh, actually, we had a demonstration last two weeks concerning our portal issues and the results. And then the student police wrote a petition to the management that this is what we want. They should resolve the results for us. They should let us see our portal since we came to level 100. And then the management told us they, will, they are giving us two weeks. That's seven. That's today. Everything will be, everything will be sorted. And then yesterday, we were there and the management issue and communicated us that the new portal that they have created for us, it, it is shut down. It is shut down after speaking today. Meanwhile, meanwhile, we are completing our final exams, God willing, 13th on Wednesday. And so in the communique, they told us uh, the the new one will be open on 13th. And at that time, we will be completing the school. So as I'm talking to you, as I'm speaking to you, we don't know whether I'm having A in my portal, I'm having B player in my portal. And this is since level 100? Since level 100, we've not seen our even portal. So as you're speaking, whether even I have even a refer or not, I don't even know. Uh, okay, and I believe that this is a new person who has picked up the phone. You are different from yes, the please. person I was speaking yes, to. Yes, okay, please. You, are, you are all affected. Yes, sure. So is it that all level 400 students are affected or just some students on campus? Even including level 300, not even all level 400, including level 300. And how long ago since you started asking for that um, portal to be opened or provided for you? Since level 300. So they keep on telling us to resolve, to resolve. But bro, in level 2, less than one week, you'll be out of the school. So if you don't do Something small. There was no manners. So today, we decided to do something small. On Monday, they are going to do something big. Tell me, tell me what you mean by what, something small. What, what did you put do today? Oh, today we just, it was just roaming about, about, like, about the school. We did nothing. We didn't harm anybody. We didn't do anything wrong. But you were burning, we were burning car ties. No, today not, nothing of that thing happened. We told you, we, we told you bent car tires, and you also blocked the, the road. Somebody tells that there has been a car tire bent. It's not it's untrue. But you you prevented the movement of vehicles in and out of your school. For sure, that one day for sure. Why? We just want them to know that we want to see our portal before we leave the school. We also we told just... we also told you targeted vehicles of your school administrators and lecturers. Tell us more. We 
don't know whether they were administrators or leches. You were just blocking cars. So whether they were leches or not, I cannot confirm. But you were deflating car tires as well. Now it happened, yeah, somehow it happened. You were deflating their tires? Sure. Why? You know, you know students, at times, you can't control all of them. So it happened. You... And some of us are somehow, I will not say angry, but to be sincere, they, they are not treating us. I mean, and they have also taken us for granted since level 100. When you compare this issue with some of the universities, senior, how can you go to university from 100 to 400? You don't know either you get A or B. So assuming I'm competing on Thursday, assuming I'll be at home, they'll call me, bro, you have a referral coming, right? You also vandalized the window of the science block, correct? Not. We're told that that happened today. It's never true. We are also... Mm -hmm. It was a thing that some of the colleagues were using it, but they didn't did nothing. They, they used a fire extinguisher to smash into the window, didn't they? Oh, that one is possible, sure. So that window is broken, the the science block window? No, as I'm speaking to you, I am part of the demonstrators. Somehow protest, nothing of that can happen. We are also told that the dean of students came to speak to you people and you, you sprayed the contents of the fire extinguisher into her face. That's what, I was, that's what I was telling you. That didn't happen. That one happened? Yes, sure. But why would you do that to her? You could have blinded her. And they should also do what they are also expecting. Because every year we need to pay school fees. If you owe, they will sack you. Some of us will suffer before we pay our school fees. Yeah, Some but... But, but, why, but, why, but why do you have to target her? She's just a dean of students. You, don't, you didn't target her. You didn't target her. You just came in. So you didn't target her. You can't do that. You see her as a mother. So you can't do that to her. So any administrator or official who comes to you, you would fight that person? Well, no person. You fight that person. But you would tell them to do the right thing. If the right thing is done, you don't have any issue with anybody. Because we are competing on... Some are competing on Thursday. Some are competing on Friday. Some are even competing on Wednesday. And officially, if you complete the school, you can't even do anything to the school. You are out of the school. And since the, since of the coronavirus, we have been on school more than four years. We have a college in Amsted, that's University of Education, former University of Education at Kumasi or Mampong. They've, they've completed, Legon, I think they are out. Step two. They've completed. So why us? Have you not been speaking with school officials on this matter? Meaning the, meaning the VCO? Yes, because I've seen a statement that they, they issued, a letter that was written by uh, Raymond Bentum Boysen. The last paragraph says, Management would also want to let students know that the graduation of students is very dear to its heart, and all students who are legitimately supposed to graduate will do so provided they follow laid down guidelines presented in these urgent times. And this was something issued on 23rd September 2022, a so day after you went on a demonstration. Were the laid down procedures done? Is a question I'm also asking. So the laid down procedures include one, all stakeholders have been given a two week deadline of the 7th of October so 2022 so to resolve all outstanding level 400 student results. So the two weeks ends today. So you can even call and find out if that has been done. So that, that was not done. Number two, results-related issues that have been submitted by various departments have been 
collated and are being uploaded for students to view online in the coming week. Has that happened? As, as I'm speaking to you, even the, the, the system has been shut down. So that's uh, <coughs> the answer I'm giving it to you. Step- this question, you can even call it, excuse me to say, Raymond, I don't know personally, maybe Master Raymond, call him and find out what all these issues is it done or not? They, s- they say that step-by-step guidelines on how to view the update, updated transcript uh, will be provided. That has not happened. Uh, transcript to res- of results showing up-to-date results submitted by the various departments will be sent by today, 23rd September, to various examination officers for them to update to students immediately. Did that happen? Nothing of that sort has happened. We have not seen anything. All Nothing outstanding, that- number five, all outstanding supplementary or receipt examination for level 400 as a result of uh, trailing from level 100 to 300 should take the form of uh, take-home examinations. Has that happened? I don't even know. Whether that is, it's not, it doesn't happen. They said a help center would be set up at the student center at North Campus from Wednesday, 28th September 2022, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day until the 14th of October 2022 to receive complaints from level 400 students with respect to any results-related issue that may have for speedy resolution in consultation with various departments. Has that happened? Yes, they tried, but it didn't go through because we are almost 2,000, and one help center. I think that one will not solve the problem. So, some of the students agitate and that has been, I mean, part of. The last point, the school is asking you to resort to dialogue rather than protest, which is what you have decided to resort to. Why? We are always in for peace. And we are also always in for dialogue. But, bro, we are completing on either Wednesday or Thursday. And the administrators or the administration or the management told us by the end of even this week, Friday, every issue, even 70 or 80 percent will be resolved. But as I'm speaking to you, nothing of that thing has happened. So if I'm going home on Wednesday or Thursday, what am I going to use to show my daddy or my mommy? I've been into the school more than four years. I don't even have any order to show. The school has put notices on your on your on your campus that reads, quote. All level 400 students with issues concerning results of educational courses and want a receipt and all supplementary exams should call in or contact their various exam officers for information on Monday, 10th October 2022. So we are also writing a paper, departmental paper, on even on that same Monday. And you might tell us to come and write receipt. This, this, this one, you don't even need any legal person to even tell you what they are doing just to frustrate us. We are writing paper on Monday. And you might tell us to come and write receipt. There's no frustration. There's no frustration. So what's the, way, what's the way forward? Have you tried to speak to the... To, have you gone to the VC trust office or anybody who may be able to respond to you? We went there on the last two weeks. We are also saying on Monday, we are not going to destroy anything. We also march. We are not going to do the exams. We have an exam to write on Monday. The level 400 students are not going to write the exams unless we see our portal. Because even what we have done, we have not seen it. And we want us to add more to it. Yeah, but if you don't, you you, are, you want to graduate, and yet you don't want to write the exams that would help you graduate. But the letter that you have done, even the letter that you have done, you have not seen it. So assuming I've written these exams and I'm gone, I've gone home. If I'm there, they will call you, bro. You, you have a reset, or you have an IC, so come and rectify it. Meaning automatically, they are not going to graduate us, not we. 
So you just want to see that thing. We don't want them to give us a whether we, whether we have the if it is the let us show on our portal. We don't want any great things. If it's the let us let us see. That's all. But if you're confident that you did great, why do you have to be be bothered? The school says that it is going to ensure you have the necessary information ahead of graduation. So it shouldn't be a problem. I know we have, as I'm speaking to you, there are some causes when you get A, when you get there, it's tend to be B. But when it's D, it's still D over there. There are causes when you get A, when you open your portal, it's D. But when you have D in your previous one, it's still D. Monday, you plan a protest. Have you told the police? As we are speaking today, when you go to the police station, they will demand four working days. And we are leaving on Thursday or Friday. So you've not told the police. But we are going to do it peaceful. We are not going to destroy anything. To show our grievances to the administrators. So we don't want, or to the, I, I, I mean the VC or the management. What will be the nature of your protest on Monday? Just to show, you know, students, we are not going to destroy anything. Are you sure, day. are you sure you, you have, you have destroyed unless, one thing at least today? You've deflated car tires, you blocked roads unless, without authority, unless, you've broken a window, unless, you sprayed unless, the content of an extinguisher in the face of your dean of students. You unless, may do worse. Unless, the forces that comes that also we also retaliate. But if things goes in order, I promise you, like today, today, that will happen. Mm. Okay, thank you, thank you for speaking to us. Uh, we'll we'll right. come back to you on Monday to see what happens. Thank you too. Uh, so that's a student of the University of Education, Winneba. Apologies, I inadvertently said KNUST in my introduction. It's rather students of uh, UEW, uh, the South Campus, who have been protesting today, level 400 students who say that they do not know what their results are, and that makes it tricky because they are supposed to finish their last paper on Wednesday and uh, prepare for graduation. As we speak, they do not know what their status is, and they've decided not to write the exams. They are going to boycott the exams on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and today they protested on campus. We've been making desperate attempts to hear from the school because it has issued a statement two weeks ago uh, asking that CAM should return and making some promises. It appears that these promises have not been uh, delivered, at least that's what the students are just saying to us, and that's why they went on a protest today. We'll be back with more. Please stay with Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. <laughs> Sometimes in life, things may not go well as planned. But when the unexpected happens, it doesn't have to destabilize you. That is why you must make your fallback solid. Yes, make it Imperial with insurance cover from Imperial General Assurance. We have a wide range of insurance products such as moto, engineering, marine, bonds, accident and fire insurance. Talk to us today about all your insurance needs and we will give you that solid protection. We have it all covered. Call us on 0577-667-4368 or visit our website at imperialgeneral.com. Imperial General Assurance. Solid protection. We're sorry to interrupt this program for a breaking news story. Information reaching us is that the whole country has been thrown into a state of joy and excitement about the new look of Total Energy's lubricants. Our correspondent Kwame Owusu is standing by to bring us the very latest development. Kwame, what exactly is the situation where you are? <laughs> Emmanuel, I must say there's a huge crowd here with divers and customers extremely excited about the new Total Energy's lubricants bottle. I have with me here one of the divers. Hello, boss. Yes, you are live on Quartz 202.1 FM. 
Tell us the reason for your joy. My name is Wall and for 10 years, I use only Total Energies lubricants for efficiency and performance of my car engine. With a new bottle, it's easier to read, carry and pour. New bottle design and color, new label, new cap, and security features with a QR code. Massa is the same superior oil quality. Challenge, this is performance at third sight. So you had it right. Total Energies lubricants bottle have been entirely redesigned into a modern and premium pack to give you the best experience. Reporting live from the capital, this is Kwame Owusu. Courts, keep your engine younger for longer. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka in Accra. We are also around the globe on citynewsroom.com. Let's go to Wager now, shall we? Yes, we shall. One person has lost his life after he got trapped in his room following the spillage of the Wager Dam. The deceased is believed to be 55 years. According to sources, his body was discovered by his relative on Thursday, October 6. The spillage of the Wager Dam, which began on Sunday, left many residents of Titegu, Wager and Ashbridge, homeless as the spilled water took over their homes and businesses. Properties including television sets, mattresses, among other things, running into thousands of cities also were destroyed in the process. City News gathers that the deceased was a truck pusher who had not been spotted two days after the spillage began. His body has currently been deposited at a police hospital morgue for autopsy. Now, the National Disaster Management Organization made a promise that it was going to deliver relief items to persons who live in these communities. The deadline for the delivery of the relief items or the starting off for the delivery was uh, yesterday, Thursday. We are told that nothing is happening. Bright Adabra is the assemblyman for Tetegu Electoral Area. Bright, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. What's the st- situation with the delivery of relief, relief items from NADMO? Right, thank you so much for your concern about the residents of the city. Actually, this afternoon I received a call from the MCE's office that the MC is coming around the city to make some distribution. So I think currently I have to get to the ground center. I wasn't in town when the call came. So I'll be going back to the community in a few minutes' time to find out how it went and what the actual items was about. No information of that has been disclosed to. I see. So yeah. y- y- yesterday, that was when Nadmo said he was going to do the um, presentation of the relief items. Did that happen? Did you see anything yesterday? No, please. That's what I'm saying. Then today, that's what they have been informed that it's happening today. So the MC that's told you that the relief items have been brought. I received a call from his office that they are they are having to do the distribution today. This evening or this afternoon? Yes. This afternoon, around 3 o'clock. Yeah. Which means that it would have been done already? Yes, by now, I think. something. Like that. But you were not there? Yes, no competition from the residents also yet. Sorry, I keep losing you. Um, yeah. Are you saying that the distribution has happened already or is yet to happen? Well, I am not in the community currently. And no call from the community members confirming they've received something from the MCE 
But I'm informed that the MC is, MC is going to the community to make some distribution of relief items. Do you know how much was brought into the community for distribution? That I can't say unless we confirm from the MC. Which would which MC would that be? Wajak Bawe or um Bawe or Gas South? Patrick Kumo is the one who would know that. All, all right. Um, there was an issue of the gathering of data on uh, persons who were affected. Uh, has that also happened? Do you know how many people have been recorded as going to be beneficiaries? Well, total number is undisclosed to me. I've not received data from Nadmo on that. Very well. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you so much. That's Bright Adabra. He's the Assemblyman for Titegu Electoral Area. And then he is um, one of um, several Assembly members who would be dealing with their residents following the devastation by the floods in that community, um, which happened since Saturday uh, through to this week. And the NADMO had made a promise to deliver those re- relief items to the community members uh, as of yesterday. Uh, you've heard him there. We'll be making efforts to reach the the South, um, the Wager Bawe Municipal Chief Executive uh, for, for, for comments on this matter, plus the National Disaster Management Organization also. We are going to uh, call them shortly after this to ask them uh, what the situation really is. Please stay. This is Eyewitness News. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka in Accra. Let's return to Wajak Bawe and speak to the Municipal Chief Executive Patrick. Uh, Kumo, honorable, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Uh, please share with us what the plan with the distribution of the relief items is. Right. Uh, good evening to your cherished uh, listeners. Uh, as I speak to you, uh, we are currently at uh, Wager Hotel where the relief items are being distributed to the affected victims. And uh, let me say, uh, the numbers that we are having now is overwhelming, but we're doing everything possible to make sure uh, those who are in critical need are uh, really sorted out. So what kind of material, um, relief items are you distributing? Right, so we're giving mattresses, uh, cooking oil, rice, uh, bowl, uh, mosquito, uh, mosquito nets, uh, calves, and then uh, a, whole, a whole lot of stuff, and rice as well. Do you have a number you are working with, or you just give to anyone you meet who no, you no, think no, no. needs? No, I told you we have the numbers. So, so you have, have you have done the data collection and you have yes, the... Yes, of course. Currently at Wager, we have about 1,251 persons that we are serving. All right? And that is what we are working with now. We are, from there, we'll be moving to Oblogo where the number is also hovering around uh, 850. Now, these people, then, are course, they... Okay, go ahead. Then from there, we'll be moving down to uh, the new Wager area, which has about 2,000 plus victims. Then we ended at Tetegu, which also has a number of almost about uh, 650 uh, plus. Okay. Now, do you have enough for all of this? How many mattresses, for instance, do you have? Uh, my brother, that's why I said the numbers are overwhelming. Uh, we're still waiting to receive more of these relief items 
but currently what we have cannot cater for the numbers that I just mentioned. But we are looking at those who are in critical need. That is what we are taking care of now. Okay. Then, of course, as we still waiting for a lot more of the relief items, then we attend to the others as well. What did NADMO give you so far? What has NADMO delivered so far? The, these are the items that I just mentioned. We've taken delivery of bags of rice. I mean, uh, if you have numbers to it, do you have numbers that you can put to it? How, what, uh, what is well, it? I don't have it. I don't have it at the moment. So, but it will but obviously not be enough for everybody. It wouldn't be enough. I mean, uh, no relief item across the world have never be enough. But then we'll do our possible best to make sure that. That's why I so said we are targeting those who are in critical need. Okay, how 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 this so how do you identify those in critical need? Is it people who have not found a family member to go and live with, or sleeping on the streets in kiosks who have no mattresses, nothing to live on? These are these are the people that uh, we are taking out of the thousand two that we have at which at the moment. It's six p.m. You are going to continue throughout the night, or you you do Absolutely. that tomorrow? Brother, we've been working for almost about five days now. No, no, stop. We're not sleeping. Because our people are in critical need, and we need to be there for them. Which means that you will be expecting the uh, the NADMO to be bringing you more relief items, and then you can Not do that decision. Anybody that has been touched by the the devastation that has happened to my municipality can also come to our aid. We need food for the people. We need clothing for the people. We need water for the people. These are things that we asking that anybody who can be of help should also contact the assembly so that we can. Uh, in the immediate uh, serve our people. What's the situation with the water now? The last time I was there, I've had to wear Wellington boots and sit in a canoe. Do I need those today or the water has completely gone? Um, we, we, we haven't the levels very low now. I think it should be at the, uh, almost about the knee getting down a bit. Uh, it's very low at the moment. Most people around the choice areas are now ha- having access to their homes. They are cleaning to move in. Others, uh, like the Titegu, will still have them a little bit high, but then they are still receding. And Ghana water has also, you know, minimized the spillage. So I think uh, we manage the situation at the moment. But the water has, the spillage has not stopped, but it's been minimized. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Very well. Thank you. Please uh, stay on the job, and we wish you all the best. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you so very much. Robert. That's uh, Patrick Kumo. He's Municipal Chief Executive of Wijak Barry here in the Greater Accra region. This is Eyewitness News on 97. Point three City FM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka, in Accra. Let me read some of your messages. Uh, good evening, Umaru. Um, okay. Um, good evening, Umaru. Says uh, students agitating over student agitations have become rampant lately. If care is not taken, this could degenerate into something else. The school authorities must be up and doing in order to prevent any eventualities. That's Jones Adoboy sending that message from La. Riches in from Ashaiman, Washington says, I support the call by the students who embarked on a demonstration today and encourage them to go harder on Monday. My school, UPSA results have not been released even uh, before the next uh, semester exam starts and student transcripts are always available on demand. Okay, I think he wants to say, my school results are released. Okay, so he's saying UPSA results are released. Abu Ramadan is Deputy Director General um, of the National Disaster Management Organization and more in charge of operations. Mr. Ramadan, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you very much, Umar, for having me. We understand you've sent some relief items like you promised to Weja Agbawi, except that it's woefully inadequate. What numbers are you working with? How much have you sent so far, and how much do you anticipate to send next? Uh, Umar, so, so far we've sent the first uh, bunch of uh, items that is meant to, to be 
distributed amongst the heavily affected for now. Because uh, if, as you are aware, the numbers are, are quite huge. But most importantly, we need to understand that um, we, the, the urbanization of Accra has made it difficult for us to call it, uh, to, to have safe havens where people are kept, where you go and meet 500,000, 2,000 people kept in one place. But, but mostly, the heavily affected are those who are still within their homes for the last three, four days have not had food rationing, have not been able to. And uh, those ones are the ones we sent out. And currently, the two assemblies have uh, commenced distribution yesterday. And uh, today, too, they were still at it. Uh, as at the time I was leaving the office, they were still at, at it uh, distributing food items to the people. Is it that you don't have enough to give? That's why you gave that uh, meager amount? Or you have enough, but you're not able to transport everything? Why oh, haven't oh, you oh, sent oh. everything then? Omar, oh, 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 Omar I, didn't, I didn't discuss numbers. Yeah. I, I, you I, haven't, I, but you haven't. But the assembly uh, MCE who spoke to us says that, of yeah. course, you have brought some relief items, but that will not be enough. <laughs> so he's only sorting out the people who have been critically affected. Which exactly. means that... So, which so, means that so there are more, still people who need more. So I'm just asking, why haven't you sent everything at a go? So, Do you have so, even enough to send? That's what I mean. Yeah, we have enough to send. We have enough to send. As soon as what we've sent to them is exhausted, uh, we, we'll, still, we'll still send more more to them. It's, it's not, you see, we can't, we can't just decide we're taking 2,000 bags of rice, 2,000 boxes of oil. We can't just decide we are taking all that quantity there immediately. Don't forget that we are still in a critical zone where the rains have not ended. The rains are still coming. Whatever we have in the stores, we should be able to distribute it equitably so that should there be an emergency today, we shouldn't empty the stores such that today there's an emergency and we won't have nothing to follow. So we are, we are, we are doing strategic distribution. I can tell you what we've sent for the, for the time being should be enough to meet the needs of the heavily affected agency. Now, that should be enough for them. Uh, after the distribution, they still want more. We'll still, we'll still send more to them. Would you also help people with uh, fixing their homes? So you may provide them with food and sleeping mattresses. That's temporary. But what about going back to their rooms? If people have found distraction in their homes, for which reason they cannot move in there, is not more in a place to assist? Or you only do that when perhaps the person's roofing sheets have been removed and all of that? <laughs> yeah, help, help comes in various forms. Uh, as and when the request comes, we'll look at it. If, if it is within the remit of, of our mandate, we'll certainly do. But immediately, what we are helping people with is the, the pumping of water out of people's homes, uh, pumping of water out of people's uh, living rooms and bedrooms, helping them to clear the water within the house. Is what we are currently doing. We deployed a number of uh, water pumping machines where we are helping do, uh, people pump the water out. So hopefully after that phase of it, if there's a request for, for other assistance and we look at the request and it is within the remit of our mandate and we can help, why not? We'll certainly do that as, as, as required. Our correspondent in the Eastern region, Neuni Amate Kanaku, says over 2,000 flood victims are yet to receive relief items in the new job in North Municipality. What does Nadmo know about that and what's the situation there? We are, we are working, we are working on that. Well, I can tell you we are working on that. Which means you have not delivered any items as yet. As I'm, as I'm talking to you, I think uh, we just received the report from the regional office today. We just received the, the report from the regional office this morning and uh, that's why I said we are working on that. Very well. Thank you so much uh, for speaking to us. Thank you, Omar. That's Abu Ramadan. He's Deputy Director General of the National Disaster Management Organization, NADMO. And he's in charge of operations. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Let me go back to the messages portal where you have been sending messages. I'll be doing that um, later. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3
City FM. Uh, what else do you have for us, uh, Sugar? Yes, to a rather sad story, six people have been confirmed dead in a fatal accident which occurred at Apreda Mountain of the Eastern Region today. The incident which occurred around 1.30pm involved a Sprinter Benz bus conveying some passengers from Kothridia to Aflau. Now, according to eyewitnesses, the driver was overspeeding while initiating a curve. Uh, this hence the driver lost control, somersaulted and landed into a ditch, killing the six on spot. Meanwhile, other passengers who were badly injured are currently on admission at the Yellow Krobo Government Hospital in Sumenya. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF, and we are discussing relief items that are supposed to be presented to persons who have been displaced by floods in some parts of the country. We've spoken about Wajak Barry. Let's go to New Job in North. Comfort Asante is a Municipal Chief Executive. Madam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you very much. Good evening, sir. Good evening. We are told that uh, your, your community members who were affected by flooding have not received any relief items yet. What does the Assembly know of, of, of this uh, distribution of relief items? Uh, thank you very much, and good evening to our special listeners. You know, relief items, they come in different types. First, we needed to see the basic needs of the people. Water, because most of their wells have been flooded with their floodwaters, and they've gotten contaminated. So we thought of water first. So three days ago, we got 5,000 liter polytank set up. Already we had boreholes, about three in the town, powered with electricity. We wanted to be sure that there shouldn't be any time where the, uh, the power should run off. So this morning, we got power so that at any time they can pump the water into the water tank and, you know, for the people to access it. And this, yesterday, I think we organized a press uh, release press conference, and then we appeal to the general public. This afternoon, fortunately, some benevolent uh, people from Akwadumu town, they came to donate some items, and in fact, I had a meeting with my minister and the union president, he came to Kibizo, we were there with him, and I've just come back, and according to my neighbor people, they collected the items with, with the opinion leaders and the assemblyman, and they have kept them somewhere waiting for the assembly, uh, you know, top up. And we have just concluded that by tomorrow, we are getting them some rice, some sugar, and then some uh, uh, oil and some blankets. Even I was with the regional minister, and he has promised to support us, even about my, my, my MP. So we are organizing. So nobody has started this thing to come on, but it has come, and we have to manage it. Kakran, kakra. So it's a new assembly. Our resources are not many, but we don't have to close our eyes to our people suffering. We fall for them. We fool for them. So we organize it. Even that now we've managed to get um, a machine to dredge some of these streams. And it wasn't only a, a Kodum that affected. About five of my towns got affected. But at the moment, the machine is dredging one of the streams that got flooded in uh, Oyoko. From there, we're looking at coming machine coming to a Kodum. But it's still raining. Looking at the sogginess of the place. We don't know. But tomorrow, we'll see to that. 
So we are organizing. Please, they should exercise patience. We are with them. We know the, the place in which they are. You see, even for the three, four days, our people have not been attending school because of the flooding. They come from the adjoining villages, and we can't afford to miss any child. So we have asked them to stay in their homes so that when the, the, the flood subsides, then we can look at So even this morning, before I left for Kibi, I met uh, the uh, director of education and asked them to continue to observe and assess the situation. So if by Monday and things are normalizing, then we can get our children back to the classroom, especially the JHS uh, uh, people. How, so brother, how, we, how, we how bad was the situation for, for your municipality? Um, have, have you had buildings collapse or it's just been yeah, building collapse. On the whole, about 203 buildings got collapsed. So uh, most of the affected uh, uh, people were housed in our schools, mosques, and churches, and our community centers. That is a story building in Akadum. And yeah. after this evening, some of them, the water has receded from their hotels. Some have moved back. I'm looking at the rain setting in again this evening. So it's likely if it doesn't stop, they may have to go back to the classrooms. So it's not the best at all. It's not the best. Is this, is this water from a river or this is the rain? Densu, that is where the Densu runs through Pensawam to Weja. So it's the same trip. What's happening now? Our, it's happening at Weja. Started from my community, my municipality, Akodum, where we have the Densu flowing from, I think, Abuakwa North, then to my place where other streams join. At the point they are joining, because of the volume of water in the Densu, the smallest thing couldn't join, so they were pushed back. And the density too has expanded too into the homes of the people because they live close to the bank. And the wager, yes. Is this in any way blamable on Galamse? For my place, we have been off. We don't have Galamse there. But the upstream of the density, I'm not sure whether Galamse activities go, go, go on there. So currently, the only thing you can blame for the flooding is the heavy rains. Heavy rain. And maybe dumping of refuse because when it started, the downstream of those smaller rivers, when I got there, we have lots of uh, empty bottles, polythene bags flowing on top of the water. It's not that someone has diverted the course of water or blocked the river so that they can mine gold. I'm saying, New Gabin North, we don't have Galamse there, we don't have Minwa there. So, New Gabin, both North and South, we are free with the Galamse uh, activities. But the upstream of the Densu, which runs through Gabin North, Gabin South, to Akwaya, to Nsawom, Adwaji, to Weja. You see? We spoke to the NADMO. NADMO says it has just received a report about your situation from the regional office, and that report came through today. Uh, chances are that the relief items may not come tomorrow or even the day after. How soon do your people need relief items? And you've mentioned that there are benevolent people who are assisting, but would that be enough? And what alternatives can you do in the interim? We are putting things together. You know, I told you, I've just returned from it. Uh, uh, TB, but because of the situation, I had to touch the office to meet my coordinating director to see how we can get some food items as quickly as we can for them. And you know, at times we, we don't have ready uh, money at hand, so we buy on credit and we need to negotiate with our people to get, us, to get some of these things for us. 
So by the close of today, to, uh, tomorrow for today, the day is almost over. Tomorrow we'll see what can be done. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we'll see what can be done. So they should bear with us. We, we fall for them, even more than they, they fall. Because suddenly when you get into such a problem, it's not easy. We have children, we have women, we have old people, we have sick people among them. Even the third, last day, three days ago, a friend I know there, he has gotten so so I had to visit him in the house and I have moved him from his side because the flood got the house also got flooded. So it's not easy. So they should bear with us. Tomorrow we'll see what we we'll do to get the assembly together with our MP and I know my regional minister is also going to support us and NADMO will also come in. And I was saying that for relief items they come in kind or cash and various forms. Already we have the water, we have provided them at least temporary sleeping place. And we are trying to get the food items. I know people go hungry and it's not simple, it's not easy, so painful. When you are displaced, you don't have food, you don't have a yeah, it's very painful. So we are trying. Unfortunately, I know by tomorrow, the next day, who will come to our aid because we think the general attention very well thank you we wish you all the best and thank you for speaking to us continue to pray for us because the rain is still on no problem thank you ma'am you have to be strong you are the lead you are the mother of the community so you don't shake with your support we are with your support we are continue to pray for us we will pray for you auntie and that's it you too bye that's comfort asante she's municipal chief executive for new job north in the eastern region this eyewitness news on 97.3 city fm now let's move on to the Ashanti region. A 47-year-old assistant headmaster of Impatasia DAGHS in the Amantia South District of the Ashanti region has died after he fell into a Galamse pit in the area on Tuesday night. According to the National Disaster Management Organization, the deceased Kwesi Anane used to own an illegal mining concession and employ the services of others to work over there. In his attempt to inspect activities, he slipped and fell into a pit, which led to his death. Uh, the person is uh, an assistant headmaster at um, Patasia DHS, and he visited his own mining site. He had his boys working for him at the site, so after the school, he also decided to visit them. So when he went there, he was supervising the boys, and he was standing on top of the, on the pit. He didn't know that the pit had cracks in it because it was night. So the, uh, the pit collapsed with him and everything covered him in the pit. He tried to retrieve the body and after that, they, they sent the body to a hospital. So it is correct that he died instantly. He's 47 years of age and his name is Mr. Anane Kwesi. This is not the first time this thing has been happening. We have been experiencing the same incidents in the district. Last two months, we had three people who got drowned in the water through the same process and at uh, Bansuki Niagu. And the same month, we also had two people uh, who also got drowned in the pit at Mansumuano, um, the same last two months. So the incident keeps on 
happening. So just four days ago, what happened becoming normal thing to us. In fact, we as NADMO have been doing our best. We have been visiting them in their, in their mining site. We have been educating them, but they don't listen to us. NADMO Director for the Amantia South District of the Ashanti Region, Edward Udro Insia. Now, the Ministry of Gender, Children and Social Protection has condemned the assault of a toddler by a man captured in a viral video on social media. According to the Ghana Police Service, though no arrest has been made, its intelligence teams from the Police Cybercrime Unit are working to arrest the man. The Gender Ministry in a statement indicated that the act is against the Children's Act 1998 as well as the Criminal Code of Ghana. Here, except of the statement. The Ministry of Gender, Children and Social Protection's attention has been drawn of an alleged molestation and manhandling of a toddler by an unidentified man circulating on social media. The Ministry on behalf of government strongly condemns this cruel, inhuman and barbaric act meted out. The act which has been portrayed in the video is against the Children's Act 1998 as well as the Criminal Code of Ghana. The act states that a person shall not subjects a child to torture or any other cruel, inhuman or degrading treatment or punishment, including a cultural practice which dehumanizes the physical and mental well-being of a child. This is a clear violation of the law, which is punishable. The ministry therefore appeals to the general public to support the police with any information that will aid in the arrest of the man. We finally urge citizens to be vigilant and continue to report individuals who engage in this unlawful act. Parents and guardians are advised to correct their children with love and care when they make mistakes but not in a violent manner. So that was a statement by the Ministry of Gender, Children and Social Protection condemning the abuse of a toddler. Now, the Food and Drugs Authority, FDA, says none of the four drugs flagged by the World Health Organization has been harmful as on the Ghanaian market. The World Health Organization on Thursday issued a global alert over the Indian manufactured calf syrups linking it to the death of 66 children in the Gambia. The products include Promethazine oral solution, Cofex Malin baby cough syrup, Makov baby cough syrup, and Magrip N cold syrup. In a statement from the MD, FDA, rather, it assured of strengthening its market uh, surveillance activities at the borders and across the country to identify and withdraw any of these products should they enter the market. Here accepts of a statement from the Food and Drugs Authority. The Food and Drugs Authority would like to inform the general public that these products have not been registered by the authority. Meanwhile, our market surveillance has not identified any of these products on the Ghanaian market. However, if anyone has any information or has seen the products anywhere in Ghana, such information should be made available to the Food and Drugs Authority. These are toxic to humans when consumed and can cause abdominal pain, vomiting, diarrhea, inability to pass urine, headache, altered mental state and acute kidney injury which may lead to death. The Food and Drugs Authority wishes to advise the general public to report all suspected falsified medicinal products to the Food and Drugs Authority. 
So those were excerpts of a statement from the Food and Drugs Authority uh, calling of Brexit red flags on the Indian manufactured cough syrups. That's the promethazine oral solution, Cofex Malin baby syrup, and Makov baby cough syrup. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details of every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ni Ayukwe Okain. Let's settle for the details. The Ghana Revenue Authority, GRA, has shut down six companies in Accra and Tema for failing to comply with tax obligations. The firms are four coat stores at Tema, a beverage distribution company, Josh Nati Ventures, and the Underbridge Event Center at East Legon. The GRA says the offenses of these companies include the non-registration of value-added tax, VAT, and the non-issuance of invoices. Speaking to journalists after the closure of the shops, the enforcement manager of the GRA, Joseph Annan, says the action by the firms contribute to revenue loss to the state. Uh, we had an intel that Underbridge Event Center had not registered. And we sent officers to confirm the intel report that we received. And it was confirmed that they were not registered. That was last week. So we were expecting that by this week, they should have registered. But lo and behold, we went there and they were still not registered. So we have sealed off the place. We expect that registration doesn't take too much time. Once they have the registrar General's uh, uh, certificate, they have their team, they have their Ghana card, they are good to go. So we have asked them to come to the office to do the needful. And once that is done, we'll open the place up. And they are coming with their records. When we got there, there wasn't any responsible person there. So we decided not to pick anything from there, just to be safe. But once they come to the office, we'll request what we need to assess them. We were able to visit three of them who were doing selective issuance of the VAT invoice. Those three, they are registered all right. Some are even using the till. As to whether they have the dispensation or dispensation or not, we are yet to find out. But for now, the focus is whether you are issuing the VAT invoice or not. And for them, there is evidence that they are registered, but they are doing selective issuance, which is also still against the law. Because then obviously, declaration will be uh, uh, short chain. We will always be knocking at doors. So if you run today, then you run forever because we will surely come and knock at your door. Enforcement manager of the GRA, Joseph Annan. Government has announced a review of the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA's regulations, to deal with manufacturing firms that indiscriminately dispose of waste into surroundings. The government says most production companies fail to ensure the proper disposal and treatment of waste in accordance with the law. Here is the Minister of Environment, Science, Technology and Innovation, Dr. Kwekwefriye, speaking. This water treatment remains one of the most undeveloped aspects of manufacturing production in all industries across the country. And the analogy I make to it, whatever this subject comes up, is like those who have put up commercial uh, you know, buildings for renting without building toilets. If you set up an industry and you do not 
talking about how to dispose of your waste safely, then that is exactly what you are doing. Most influence from the production are either not treated at all or at best treated, not treated up to the required environmental standards before being discharged into the environment. That is why I'm also hinting that the EPA is undergoing legislative review and we are going to bring the new laws which will answer some of this. But we are very, very sensitive to the needs of industry and we know that we are a developing country. And that is why we want to partner with you and we want your input into the legislation, the one that you can comply, but will also be very safe for our population. And so government, as a, is a, 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 you should see government as a very neutral habitat, which will do good for all sides of the, you know, the divide. Minister of Environment, Science, Technology and Innovation, Dr. Kweku every year. The Ghana Statistical Service says it is working to enhance the gathering and presentation of data using digitalization. A digitalized open data will boost investment gateways for the country. GSS believes the gap that exists in the nation's infrastructure is largely attributed to the inadequate world-defined data in the Ghanaian space. Government statistician Professor Samuel Enim made these comments at the media launch of the 2022 GEO Week celebration in Accra under the theme Global Action for Local Impact. Development data recently indicated that if you invest one dollar in any data system, it's not data being available, but the data system, such as collaboration with the ministry, the returns is $32. And this is exactly what Ghana Statistical Service is doing. We are trying to change the face of statistics to deepen what I call sources, surveys and censuses and getting into non-traditional data sources, specifically what we've learned today, which has to do with Earth observation. This data is collected every minute. This data, as was mentioned, helps us to better understand our context. And that is the only way we can say that these are the pathways for our, develop, uh, for our development. Government statistician Professor Samuel Enim. A cybersecurity analyst with the Financial Intelligence Center, Lucia Bebrese, wants government to enforce the foreign exchange laws to deal with money laundering in the country. In 2012, Ghana was blacklisted as a money laundering nation for failing to meet international standards by the Financial Action Tax Force through the country. Though the country has since been removed from the list, stakeholders continue to press on the need for the country to keep up with all the necessary requirements in dealing with money laundering. Speaking at a cybersecurity seminar organized by the Gender Mainstream Unit of the Ghana Immigration Service in Accra, Lucia Bebrese said money laundering activities deters foreign investments, hence the need to clamp down on such acts. Elite an increase in crime, loss of government revenue, it promotes corruption, it disrupts payment systems, it affects our international rating and reputation, it corrupts the financial system. It threatens peaceful, credible, democratic, socio-economic development, which we have said. Undermines legitimate business. Loss of control of economic policies, economic distortions, and our cold data instability. So, no matter what the crime is, it has a very damning effect on us as citizens and on the country. So, please, wherever... So... If we go into the Foreign Exchange Act, 
Ghana has accepted that if you bring anything under $10,000 or its equivalent, anything under it, if you don't declare it and it is seen, it's fine. Head of Analysis at Financial Intelligence Center, Lucy Abebrese. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ni Ayukwe Okain. Point Blank is up next. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. It's 25 minutes to 1900 GMT. This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Umaru Sanda Amadou. Tonight on Point Blank, we are focusing on the Umbrella Party, the National Democratic Congress. The MPP currently knows who its national chairman is, regional chairman, constituency chairman. The NDC is still working at that. There's a tough battle for national positions. The longest serving general secretary of any party, I think, in Ghana is John Sinasiru Nketia. He's been there since 2005, 17 years, and he's still on. But we have been told, and he has actually confirmed him, that he will not go for that office again. He's going for the national chairmanship position. And that makes his position vacant. Tonight on Point Blank... My guest is a man who has served under Johnson Asidun Ketia as Deputy General Secretary, who is hoping now to replace him. Peter Buama Otokuno. You're welcome. Dr. Peter Buama Otokuno. This is not the fake doctor one, or this proper doctor. I saw you. In fact, congratulations. I'm telling you, I nearly, I nearly thought of reporting you to my chief. I am sorry. So I withdraw. I withdraw. I withdraw. When you were burning the midnight, and you are a cattle farmer, so yes. I mean, collecting one full bull. I mean, oh, we we'll just give you one bull. bull. We we'll just cut the ham for you. <laughs> but so you were doing politics and also learning. That must be yes. complex, wasn't it? Yes, yes, a very complex one. It takes a lot to do that. It takes a lot of weight. But you you did it. Yes, I did. So you, are, you, you have a record time. So you have a doctorate in what? PhD in what? Agric economics. Agric economics. Are you the book person, or you actually have agric staff that you do on the ground? I have agric staff. If I, that's what I do. So what do you? That's what what I do? I'm a farmer. Where? And I do a lot of you know agriculture consultancy even before you know I I enrolled for this program. Okay. Um, I my first degree was in ag- animal science. At Lagos. Uh, yes, I majored in animal science. Then um, I did um, masters in economics, 
Then uh, I went back to do agric economics. So uh, you never did anything politics or political? Uh, at all, at all. I've been a science person, a true and true science person. Actual fact, I wanted to be a medical doctor. Okay. The main reason why I majored in animal science was that when I failed my admission to the medical school, I still had hopes to do medicine. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do animal science and do postgrad. Um, it was so until 2010. And then politics changed everything. Politics had taken the better part of me. I mean, for over four or five years. So I just decided, look, you can't go further and do this medicine. So, But you still remember to go and do the PhD, which you have done successfully. It, yes, yes, yes. So what what kind of farming are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm into livestock. Okay. I do crops as well. Uh, but I do mainly livestock. What animals are um, you rearing? I do pigs. I do birds. I do ducks, chicken. Where? Um, well, do you want to say it? You don't say it. It's a bit scattered. But I mean, my farm is the biggest one is at in Sawam. Yeah, you where, produce yes, eggs. Yes, yeah, um, eggs. I produce, I mean, pork meat. Okay. Yes. I mean, on the last scale, I do uh, the, the pork, is, the pigs is rather on a large scale. And I do crops as well. What, what and, crops uh, do you do? I do catfish farming as well. Okay. What, what crops do you do? I do maize. Sometimes I do vegetables, depending on the season. So you've been benefiting immensely from Dr. Fri Akutu's planting for food and jobs and rearing for food and exports. Well, if there has been any biggest challenge for any farmer in Ghana, it is Dr. Fri Akutu. Oh, how? And his program. Oh, how? He's been supporting all of you farmers. With what? With fertilizer and with all of... Fertilizer is the the most expensive commodity input. In agriculture now, they still subsidize it. They, they don't subsidize anything. In fact, agriculture you, do, you don't even get fertilizer to buy. Did That's you, the point. Did you apply to the PFJ secretariat to say, "Oh, I have this and I need help," and they they've not given you? Absolutely not. Because and, you don't want. And, and I think that the program itself is so defective. And when you apply, you will not even get the help. the The program is struggling. You see, the program started off with some seed capital that we had procured in 2016 before we left power. So when they started, they, I mean, you could see they were buying the vehicles and branding them instead of rather looking at the input subsidy program, intensifying the input subsidy program so that farmers will have access to the inputs at low cost Mm -hmm. and sometimes Mm -hmm. even at, you know, gratis so that they can produce. That was not happening. And you, you see, when you start programs like that with rhetorics and you have a party like the MPP in government, Rent seekers quickly take over the program. So you have the case whereby the seeds being distributed are given to party operatives. They give it to their party, you know, uh, operatives on the ground. And when you are from any other party, you do not get access and all that. So rent seekers took most better part of the juicy uh, uh, period of the program. You know, the juicy period was the first period. Mm-hmm. I mean, now they have absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And the program is virtually collapsed. As part of my PhD studies, I think my, in my second year, one of my professors was consulting for the PFJ. So I had to do a review of the entire program. And it will, it will shock you, the kind of revelations that came out. You know, the, the kind of wastage and the lack of monitoring. And nobody was really seeking to do something that is sustainable, that would grow beyond a government. It was basically... Let's do something for the party people. Let's share, let's share, let's share, let's share this for now. Yeah, we are here to talk about your, your political ambitions. Uh, we'll talk about Greek later. Sometimes when you start talking like this, it's very tempting. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. So let's, let me quickly bring you back before you finish. And like, oh, so can we talk about that? And I say, last night you launched your campaign. Yes. 
Walk us through the key things that you are saying to NDC people, NDC delegates. Well, um, first of all, I think that the party has come very far. The last eight years, or if you want six years, has not been a better part of our history. And it's a history that one who loves the party would want to erase and erase very quickly. Our defeat was something that shouldn't have happened, but it happened. We have had the cause to complain and decry how that defeat came by. There is a need for an urgent recovery in the, history, in the, in the interest of sustaining our legacy as a political party. The failure of the MPP, the, the abysmal performance of the MPP, does not in any way guarantee us power in 2024. Everybody says that, oh, 2024 NDC is coming. 2024 you are coming. But it doesn't come by fluke. It doesn't come by word of mouth. It comes by action. It comes by strategy, careful planning, and deploying effectively. And so the 2024 elections becomes a crucial one for the NDC and for the people of this country. The people of this country are very expectant and they are looking at what the NDC would bring. The kind of rescue that they need so badly. And so, if the people are expectant and the party people are battle ready, what it will require to deliver the power will be a leadership, a kind of leadership that is bold, that is courageous, that is strategic that understands the rudiments of elections, that is able to build an election, an effective election machinery that would deliver the political power in the 21st century democracy. And if you look at my history, if you look at how I have served this party as a young man, very, very early age, joining politics, having the rare opportunity to serve under the very best in the NDC, I was a student when I, I was virtually adopted by the Rollinses. And that was where I started my political activities. I had the opportunity to learn from one of the best, which is our founder. And one thing that I learned from Rollins was that no matter whose ox is God, when the work must be done, it must be done and done very well. That inspiration drove me in every service that I've offered to the party. I've served in various ranks. I've risen through the ranks as a young man. And every point of my service, I've left a legacy. And I think that 2024 is begging for a legacy leader. 2024 is begging for a strong leader. 2024 is begging for a courageous, bold leader. Mm. Is begging for a strategic leader, mm. a leader who understands an election winning leader, an election winning leader, and an election losing leader who have well, lost twice in the past six years. Well, in you, government and in opposition. But, but, but you see, what, what then does what, trust no, you? What you do not understand mm. is that to be able to win elections, you must lose some of the elections. No, but not twice in Sakwe in government. But you see. You mean it, 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 it speaks to the incompetence of your leadership. And, and you know, that is why I started mm. by saying that 2024, 2024 elections 
you need somebody who has gone through a very difficult time, mm-hmm. who has built on the experiences of the past, the experiences of the defeat. Look, what happened in the last two years is something that must be corrected, an error that must be corrected. Mm-hmm. You can correct the error when you know exactly what the error is. And you the, er- the error is the people who led you into battle. And if these people have failed you, you take them away and bring you. But soldiers. it is the same people that won you the power the two terms in 2008 and in 2012. Yeah, but they become, you know, obsolete now. They should be kicked out so fresh faces will come in. Exactly. So that is why I come in. Mm-hmm. You, are, you are an because, old face. Yeah, you know, I am, I am not an old face because I have not been, I have been. Deputy Director of Research. I have been learning from the backs. Mm-hmm. You understand? You've been Deputy and General Secretary. Yes, I've been Deputy General Secretary in the last you four years. You were in charge of operations. Yes, I was in charge of operations. That's but I was, I was Deputy. The Office of the General Secretary, you were part of I, I was Deputy you in charge brain, of operations. You were the brain and the machine of the party. You were the chief administrators of the party. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Whatever you gave to Johnson, I said in Ketia, your general, is what led you into war. In actual fact, when you are Deputy, it's not what you give to your boss, you don't direct your boss. No, but he, when he sends you to the field as operations it, leader, you bring back a report which he uses to go to uh, battle. Uh, exactly. Which battle he has been defeated. And and my reports have been very impeccable. You understand? Uh, if you, there are things that we cannot discuss. But when you are into politics and you are going into elections, you can do an analysis and see that this elections is not going to go well. Now, when you do the analysis and you realize that it's not going to go well you would have to put in quick fixes so that you'll be able to fix it. For, example, for, for example, for example mm-hmm. in 2016, when I was deputy head of research, our analysis showed that we were going to have some challenges in some areas. We tried to put in some quick fixes, but, I mean, the fixes couldn't complete, so we didn't get the results. Now, based on that experience, you realize that in 2020, we improved significantly and even our parliamentary representation. Significant. Natural fact, we won majority. It is based on the experiences of 2016 that made us better in 2020. You understand? No, now, I don't for understand. those, for I'll be surprised if you don't understand that because experience makes you better. Yeah, when you started like, radio you several be, years ago. Yeah, but you shouldn't be an experienced loser. I mean, your party You can't be an experienced loser. And I'm not talking about an experienced loser. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that your performance increases with experience. Mm-hmm. And that one is not a theory you are here to test. It's not an hypothesis. It's, it's established. Mm-hmm. You understand mm-hmm. that you get better with experience. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets better with experience. That is you true. have gotten better with experience. That is true. very well. But there so, are also people who hold a view that you've crushed the umbrella twice and that you should step aside for people who have firmer grips of the umbrella to take over. So, uh, by that analogy, mm-hmm. you are saying that those who won in 2016, they should have thrown their leaders away. No, they would have before, be, 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 before they win, they won the 2016. They should have thrown all their leaders away. No, I don't know which one. I even to the MPP. Yes, no? the MPP. They, so, they, uh-huh. they, 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 no, but they they came with inexperienced leaders who won them. If I remember in 2016, you didn't have an opposition with a chairman and a general secretary. They still defeated you soundly. Who said they didn't have a chairman? They suspended the chairman, but there was acting chairman. Well, there was acting general secretary. Yeah, but you do know that they didn't have a chairman <laughs> and a general secretary. They defeated you soundly. In 2020, you were a par. They still defeated you. Another critical thing is that in 2020, you went to court all right, but you didn't have an independent collated figure. In 2016, as of 1 a.m., 
the NPP had called a press conference and announced to us that they had won by unrigable margins. At that time, you were also singing the song of uh, uh, Comfortable League. So who told they, you we they, didn't they, have they figures? They presented figures. Who told In you we didn't have figures? You have not. You have not. No, who told you we didn't have figures? If you had, you would have told us that this is how much you won the, the, the election with. But you kept changing between you have won to this was a runoff, blah blah blah. You don't have a position sure, that you are espousing. I'm sure you, you. I'm sure the stress got you. It got a better part of you at the time because if you would recall very well, there was no press conference. We came and just said we have won. <clears throat> Every press conference that we did, and you can play the tapes. We mentioned figures. We gave figures. So anybody who tells you that there were no figures, it would be a defective assertion. But be that as it may, you see, when you when you worry yourself too much about the past, you cannot progress. I, well, I, 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 no, I, I was a deputy general secretary. Mm-hmm. I would be a very bad leader to start apportioning blames. A leader is one that takes responsibility. Whether he's in charge or not, takes responsibility for what has happened. And I would be the last person who would sit anywhere and say that, oh, this one was supposed to do this, this one was supposed to do this. We have taken full responsibility. We have learned from our experience. I was a deputy general secretary. What is your legacy as a deputy general secretary? I want to to be a general secretary. Okay, what's your legacy that you're building on to be a general secretary? My legacy is replete. In fact, what got me into party leadership everybody, someone will say that, okay, but you, you are an academic, why are you doing party politics? What got me into party leadership is the desire to see a big political party that has systems that is able to win political power that is able to deliver in terms of governance the objective of political parties is to win political power and govern and govern properly Mm -hmm. you understand so if you are a political party and you are not winning power and you are not able to govern properly you you do not exist as a political party. So my objective was to grow the party from the base. That is why when I had the opportunity to serve as the deputy director of research, I led the establishment of the party school. It was one big legacy that the party had been thinking about for several years and they had not been able to start. I was able to start the party school. The party school provided a platform that educated our party members about our ideology and the reason why the NDC is a party of choice concentize and prepare the people about our philosophy and how to live their political life. It has become the, the school of political education of choice in the West African region. Our sister parties are coming and studying and all that. But essentially what that was supposed to do is to generate a new, a new generation of leaders that would take the course of the party to a different level. But you will not be able to achieve that when you have established the party school. When you don't have a proper party management system, things have changed. We have moved into a digital realm. And that you would have to be managing the party in a manner that will make you efficient. And once again, one thing that has driven my career in everything that I do is efficiency. I want to always optimize my output. And you believe you are an efficient person who should be very efficient. There is nothing I touch Mm -hmm. that does not become efficient. But but let me end on this one. As a deputy general secretary in charge of operations, I led the team to run a comprehensive digitization program for the party. We have developed a comprehensive MIS system. 
that now has all our membership and their comprehensive data on. A yeah, data that will help part. in strategy, mm -hmm. a data that will help in planning, a data that will help in effect, eff effective implementation of our election program. Do you have party cards? Yes. For all members? In fact, we have designed a new party card system that we have issued. This party card is a chip embedded one with a QR code at the back. Are you now planning? Fully digitized one. No, it's I'm, out. You deployed it. Yes. So and I led, I led the team. About how many members of your party? I led, I led the team to develop that system. And we have issued new that new membership card. It is based on that new membership card and the MIS system that we are built that we are now doing every payment electronic. So, about how many so we have electronic payment platform that is linked to our cards. Where dues can be paid. For the first time in the history of the party, we have done our reorganization exercise without struggling to knock heads and look for money here and there. I just want to know. Do and you know we how have many internally people? generated enough to do the entire reorganization exercise. And that is my legacy. Peter, let me ignore my question. How many party cards do you... Th I mean, you can't give me the specifics. So if you know I can't give you the specifics, don't, don't, don't ask. So, <laughs> no, doesn't your administration know that this is how many people in Ghana who have NDC party cards. Oh, we do. We, we, we are very much so what number, In fact, we what have a rough working? idea. I can't give you the exact idea. Yeah, so give me the estimated. In fact, the, when we did our digitization, we were able to digitize close to about um, 3 million members. Um, with the new registration, I would have to be updated. Okay. But we have issued cards for all of them. Mm -hmm. And you see, we issued the cards strategically because with the current digital system that we were deploying, there were so there are some obviously in remote areas that do not even have mobile network and mm -hmm. all that, and you need to integrate them. Okay. You don't need to exclude them. So we we had done the new ID card for all members, but a few in certain areas who are not able to afford the digital card, they have taken the paper card. Well. And and I am making this point significantly because you see that in 21st century politics, data is everything. Data analytics is everything. And if the party is going to spring, you know, uh, in an accelerated manner to secure elections ahead, then this is the way to go. And I have started the work already. Okay. And I have done it very efficiently. What about the age issue? Are you not too young to lead a party as large as the NDC, considering that you are going against other people who are older? Do you agree with me that apart from Kuma, one of the greatest leaders ever lived on in, on this land, Ghana, is Rollins? And do you know that Rollins became head of state at the age of 33? Okay, so that's and your I'm, answer. I'm, that and age, I'm far older. So than age, does, age doesn't matter in that regard. Age, what about age, the age, age is just age. a number. Wait, let me let me deal with this age a bit. Mm -hmm. You see, across the world, all the change, all the change leaders, all the change leaders who have led revolutionary changes in the realm of leadership mm -hmm. have been very young people. H how old are you, Peter? Well, I am... You want to share? If you don't want to share, I, 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 am, I am going to keep that for another time. No problem. <laughs> Next question, and we have to go. Yeah. You are going against experience. Fifi Kwete, I believe, was propaganda secretary when you were in school. He wants to be general secretary. Obviously, Fifi um, Ankara has been deputy general secretary many years ago, and he has been a minister. Both of them have been ministers. These are the experienced men you are going against. Why should NDC delegates choose Peter Bomo Tokuno against Fifi Fiavikwiti and Elvis Efrianka? Okay, the reason why I stand out very different among them is that I am more experienced for the job I'm contesting for than any of them. Okay. Very much experienced because I have worked in the party office for 12 years. I've worked as a member of the elections directorate. 
I have been a deputy campaign manager before. I've been deputy director of research. I have served through the ranks. In fact, in the last 12 years, I have been working and in fact. Now, I have become a deputy general secretary at a very crucial time. When General Mosquito feels he's retiring and he, he must move out. So I had the opportunity for impact. Those, my senior brother, Elvis, he was deputy general secretary sometime. He came in with General Mosquito and did two years and went as a deputy minister of local government. So he served ostensibly as deputy general secretary for only two years. Mm -hmm. Fifth was propaganda secretary. That has nothing to do with the office of the general secretary. So when we talk about experience, direct experience, in the office, in contemporary political times, I stand very tall above them. Is it true? Now, when 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 we talk about my 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 relationship with the people, accessibility, integrity, political knowledge, understanding of the current political system, I stand very very tall, you know, amongst them. Perhaps the only the only indicator that you would want to use and perhaps they would come taller than me would be the age which is a number and maybe their height physically <laughs> <laughs> i think you and Elvis, you and Elvis may be the same the same no, it's taller than it's taller than taller than taller than. last one is it true that general Mosquito somebody said that it appears the office of the general secretary is for smaller people short um, and smaller people. okay is it true that mosquito has deliberately brought you there to come and be his puppet so that he will go and be chairman then the two of you will run the party absolutely not absolutely not absolutely not but i he has given me an overwhelming blessing which i really appreciate because he has given me one of the biggest opportunities of service and he showed interest in my growth and he he taught me whatever i have become as a general secretary mostly Above all, the learnings I've learned from all the best leaders in the party, talk of President Mahama, President Mills, Totobi Kwachi, Professor Ahoy, Atu Ahoy, who have worked very closely with Uncle Dan Abudaki, mm -hmm. our first general secretary, Yaya, who has impacted me significantly. He is one of the people who has singularly impacted my political yeah. development. And so, for those who pass those defective comments, I, I wouldn't blame them, mm. but I assure you, that I would become one of the greatest general secretaries the NDC would ever have. When is your election? The elections will be in December. Oh. December. Okay. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll speak we'll, again we'll before. Thank you so much. Dr. Peter Otokuno Obama or Buama Otokuno. How, does, how do you arrange it? Dr. Peter Buama Otokuno. Bu Peter Buama Otokuno. I don't know whether you attended Methodist or Presby. I attended as a child junction DA basis DA basis school, school. DA's uh -huh. assembly. The, those, those schools sometimes they start with the same. We start so with same. You can say Doctor Otokuno Buama Peter. Uh -huh. Why, why are you confusing my name? Let's leave here. Wish you all the best and thank you for speaking to us. Uh, thanks for having me, Omar Sanda. My name is Omar Sanda. I'm on the production by Sami Wiafe and uh, Beverly London, as well as Fred Tetejaba. Technical support from Daniel Squashi. Eyewitness News is back tomorrow at 17, Monday rather, at 17.30 GMT. Up next is Sports Panorama with the City Sports Crew. Have a great weekend and it's been exciting coming your way throughout this week. Catch you again on Monday, God willing.
Breaking news. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959. And get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM, and on Twitter at City 973.